Please pray with me. God of grace, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. If I were to make a list of things I wish Jesus hadn't said, today's reading from the Gospel of Luke might be high on the list. It would be easier for us if Jesus hadn't said some of those things our Bible tells us he said. In our scripture today, Jesus says, Do you think that I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, five in one household will be divided, three against two and two against three. They will be divided father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, etc. Some things just don't seem to fit together. And this is true of these incongruous images of Jesus. On the one hand, the Prince of Peace. On the other hand, bringing division. How can these fit together? One thing that sometimes happens to us on our faith journey as we mature in faith over the course of our lives, is that sometimes we have to come to terms with our fantasies about Jesus. Sometimes we have to come to terms with images of Jesus that come from our wishful thinking or from images in paintings on the walls of Sunday school classrooms rather than from what the Bible actually says. But that is not the case when we turn our attention to today's reading. Jesus really does talk about peace a lot. We didn't make that up. Today's scripture comes from Luke's gospel, and we find that this very same gospel is bookended with words of peace. At the beginning of Luke's gospel, in what is called the birth narrative of Jesus, the angels appear to the shepherds, proclaiming the good news of Jesus' birth and proclaiming peace on earth. The birth of Jesus is heralded with proclamations of peace. Fast forward to the end of Luke's gospel— after the crucifixion, when the resurrected Jesus appears to his disciples for the final time, he shows up and greets them with words of peace. Peace be with you, he says. In between these bookends, Luke tells us that when Jesus sent out 70 people to do ministry in his name, he instructed them to offer a blessing of peace to each household they would enter. These are only examples from Luke's gospel. If we expanded to the other gospels, we would find many more examples. And these are only examples that explicitly mention peace. If we expand our thinking to consider teachings and actions that are related, such as compassion and reconciliation and forgiveness, we would find still more examples. Luke's gospel is the one, the one gospel, that gives us the story of the prodigal son, a story of extravagant love and reconciliation between a father and son. So we have a story of reconciliation between father and son, and a scripture today telling us about division between father and son. We didn't invent the idea of Jesus as one who brings peace. It's not an example of wishful thinking. Our gospels attest to that. And yet, we have today's reading also. 
And if we Christians are to call the Bible our book, then we have an obligation to wrestle with what we find there. We have to do better than to simply wish some parts of it away, wish Jesus hadn't said some things we're told he said. Do you think that I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. So with threads of peace weaving all through Luke's gospel and all the gospels, why do we have this passage where Jesus says he has not come to bring peace, but rather division? Let's look at where we are in the story. In the earlier books of Luke's gospel, Jesus is communicating and living out his mission. Good news for the poor, release of captives, freedom from oppression. Intimacy with God and healing for those in need of it. Peace is consistent with Jesus' mission and ministry. A major turning point comes in Luke's gospel when Jesus turns toward Jerusalem. Jesus' journey to Jerusalem is the journey to the place where he will die. It is a journey toward the ultimate consequence for living a life that challenges the status quo at its deepest level. It is a journey where we witness the penalty Jesus will pay for his radical challenge to the norms and structures of his society. So the words of our scripture today fall in this section of Luke's gospel where Jesus is on his journey toward Jerusalem. And in this portion of the gospel, Jesus begins to show some of the harsher realities of what it means to follow him. Jesus speaks out of his knowledge that God's ways conflict with the ways of the world. In the face of this conflict between God's ways and the realities of our world, Jesus warns us that the choice to follow him, the choice to walk more closely in God's ways, can create distance and division from the status quo, including division in our real human relationships or distance from people we care about. Have you ever done a good thing that had the effect of taking you farther away from your family? Peter certainly did. When he abandoned his fishing nets, stopped doing the work that financially supported his widowed mother-in-law, stopped living at home to care for his mother-in-law, and took off after one certain itinerant preacher. I wonder how hurt Peter's mother-in-law was. I wonder whether Peter left behind a wife or brothers or sisters. I wonder if they were angry at Peter's refusal to keep doing his share of the work. I wonder how much division it caused in the family when Peter decided to follow Jesus. And looking at the Gospels, Peter is not the only one. For that matter, let's look again at the story of the prodigal son. Yes, it is a story of love and reconciliation. A son who has squandered his inheritance in reckless living comes home with his tail tucked between his legs. His father greets him with delight and wholehearted love instead of judgment. But there's another character in the story, the other son, the older brother. And the reconciliation between the father and the younger son seems to contain the seeds of division between the father and his older son. The father's welcome of his younger son's return home is like a picture of what God's extravagant love might be like. It is the faithful response. And yet, 
in this other relationship, the faithful response might cause division. When a family is shaped by addiction, and one member of the family enters recovery from addiction or codependency, he or she often creates division between himself or herself and their family. A whole language has even evolved to describe relationships where we speak of our family of origin and a family of choice. To say that those who feel or act most like family to us may not be the ones related to us by blood. Jesus and his disciples understood that. They experienced that. Sometimes the path of healing and wholeness can divide us from our families. This message is a hard sell for many of us who have families and who like our families. It isn't just contemporary American conservatives who, with their rhetoric of family values, in every church I have served, there have been many good and faithful people who would be quick to say that family is their absolute top priority in life. For Jesus to challenge the primacy of family was shocking to his listeners, and it still is today. But any time we say that family comes first, we are drawing some line between insiders and outsiders, and making those insiders more important. Jesus always turned that kind of thinking about insiders and outsiders upside down in all the ways he navigated human relationships. We don't like division and we don't want division, and rightly so. But still, there are all kinds of good and faithful choices we might make that can also alienate us from people. Have you ever paid a price for trying to be faithful? For that matter, what impact does your faith have on your relationships? Do you have people in your life who might be a bit more distant because they are uncomfortable with your faith or because they don't understand it? Or what about your passion for justice? A passion for justice is integral to the faith Jesus lived and taught. But we know that those who work for justice can often find themselves facing conflict. In scriptures and in the lives of people who we regard as models of faith, there are stories of strife and division, stories of upheaval caused by the choice to leave behind familiar, comfortable, or socially acceptable ways of life in exchange for a new and more faithful way God holds before us. I imagine this is never easy. Grief accompanies even the best of changes. Jesus does show us a way to live that clashes with conventional wisdom or the status quo or social norms. Jesus asks us to choose his way over the alternatives. And in today's scripture, Jesus confirms our fears. Choosing this way may well cause pain. The path of following Jesus could bring difficulty and division into your life. But I am convinced of this. This Jesus who was such a healer, the Holy Spirit who Jesus sent as a comforter, and the God who sent Jesus to show us a way of life, this God can heal the brokenness caused by the division between old ways and new. 
when following the path God lays out before you causes division or brokenness. God works to bring healing into the brokenness in your life and in mine, as surely as God has healed countless lives before. Amen.